0: Okay, we are, uh, we are not going to talk about Mitzvah Mezuzah today. That's the first thing I want to say, is that although we are going to touch on Mitzvah Mezuzah, on the Rebbe's mission to put mezuzahs on every door, that's really not our topic today. We're going to be saving that for later this year, maybe a little bit of next year. Uh, we're right on the cusp of Mitzvah Mezuzah, we're right around where the Rebbe started this campaign. We're in Tuftshin Lamad Gimel, exactly 50 years ago. And the campaign started in Tuftshin Lamad Dalid, right around the time of the Yom Kippur War, also right around the time of a bunch of serious terrorist incidents that happened right around then. Uh, that's when the mezuzah campaign really gets underway. Today, I just want to talk about how it started. I want to talk about what happened before it started, uh, because the Rebbe is uncharacteristically vague about how he started mitzvah mezuzah. I, I think if you look at the way that the Rebbe the starts the other mitzvahs, you look at the way that starts other Mitzayim, you'll get the impression that he's very sure exactly what he's doing and why he's doing it. The Rebbe has a real plan for tefillah and can justify tefillah and exactly why tefillah is the right mitzvah for the right moment. Uh, when the Rebbe introduces Mitzvah Mezuzah, he does not use that language at all. I didn't give you the Sikha because it's only a couple lines that I want to quote, but the Rebbe said a sikha in 1974, about a year after the letter that we're going to look at. It was right after a terrorist attack in Ma'alot, a very famous and very horrible terrorist attack in Ma'alot. A bunch of Jewish children were murdered, murdered in their school. I believe 21 or 20 Jewish children were murdered in their school. Somebody wrote to the Rebbe telling him that they checked all of the mezuzahs in that school. And the same number of mezuzahs that were possible were the number of children who'd been killed in that attack. And uh, and when the number that died went up, the number of mezuzahs they found that were possible went up, too. The Rebbe publicized this. He publicized this at a Fabrengan. And in, uh, in, in follow up after that Fabrengan, people complained. And he said, uh, they said, they are, said, are you saying that people get punished? They don't put mezuzahs on their doors. Children die. And the Rebbe said, I don't I don't mean that at all. The Rebbe clarified in a sechah that what he means, and the lashon that he used, the example he used, was that a mezuzah is like somebody wearing a helmet when they're a soldier in battle. And taking off your helmet isn't the thing that kills you, it's the, it's the bullets. We blame the person who shoots the bullets, but if the helmet's not on, that could damage somebody in a way that it wouldn't necessarily damage them if they had a helmet. So the Rebbe is quite comfortable saying that mezuzahs protect people from dying. Um, and he says this in a sechah, and when he says that sifa, this is the line that I'm interested in, he says the following at the fabrengen. He says, V'kai, it's back in that summer, we were talking a lot over the summer about Mib this is the summer of 1974. I was being pushed, the Rebbe says, I was being pushed, and nobody would leave me alone, that I could be relaxed, no one would allow me to stop talking about mezuzah, people were pushing me, or something was pushing me, right, we don't know what it is, he says, something was pushing the Rebbe to talk about mezuzah, and he didn't know what it was, the Rebbe then says, I myself don't know why I was being pushed to talk about mezuzah, and when I became aware of the fact that I was being pushed toward mezuzah as our next big mibza, I began looking for other reasons. I thought maybe it's because the mezuzahs guard the doors of the Jewish people. The says the Why specifically mezuzah? There are many other mezuzahs involved that, are, that have these fundamentals. Uh, besides the fact that it's mitzvah Hashem, every most all mitzvahs have seculas associated with them. All mitzvahs help people. In addition to the fact that it's mitzvah Hashem, vina'achshav ro. The Rebbe says, now I'm seeing ech eraza, mitzvah Now I'm seeing how this was all connected. This thing that happened in Ma'alot was connected to mitzvah, mitzvah, mitzvah to the mitzvah Mizoza, Excuse me. The Rebbe doesn't use the word mipza until a little bit later. So the Rebbe, is, the Rebbe implies that he was getting a lot of push to start this campaign, and we don't know what that is. Um, as I, I looked in Iskashos where they quote this, sikh, a couple other places. The note put everywhere is that we don't know what pushes the Rebbe was getting, but clearly something was pushing the Rebbe toward this, and it's unknown what the meaning is of de-chafuni. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that we have the only answer, but I found one answer. I found one thing that pushed the Rebbe toward it long before from our year, and the reason why I know this is something that pushed the Rebbe toward it is because he says in the letter, I see this as Ashkacha practice to push me toward a Miftza Mezuzah. So the Rebbe says this in a letter, and I looked all over the internet. I didn't find anybody you know, in Hoffman, the Askashuses, and in other publications. I found nobody pointing out this letter as the beginning of Miftza Mezuzah. Uh, nonetheless, I think it might be. So, we're going to look at something very interesting today. What I think might be the beginning of Mibsum Mizoza and what the Rebbe is saying when he says that some force was pushing him toward Mibsum Mizoza. First of all, I want to point out who the letter is written to. Also, somebody who doesn't get enough coverage in Chabad. I looked around and we don't have, like, uh, he died in 2010. There's no big Chabad.org obituary, but he had a lot of interactions with the Rebbe. This is Shabtai Rosen. Rosen, I believe, is how his name is stylized in English. Rosen with like two N's and an E on the end. Uh, we have an Israeli here with us. Do our Israelis know Shabtai Rosen? Anybody familiar? You don't have to be. It's just I don't know if he's a big deal in Israel. He was a big deal with the founding of Israel when uh, he was he was involved in the Royal in the Royal Air Force. And in London, he was involved in law in London. When the uh, when the end of the British mandate was coming, uh, Rosen was appointed to the legal secretariat of the Situation Committee. So he was one of the people involved in helping to make the state of Israel in the first place. Once the state was declared, he joined the Israeli foreign ministry. And he was a legal advisor to the foreign ministry. Then in 1960, he was appointed ambassador. He became the deputy permanent representative of Israel to the United Nations in New York from 1967 to 1971. And then he was Israel's permanent representative to the UN and all international organizations in Geneva from 71 to 74, and then appointed ambassador at large in 1974. So he's a a big deal in the ambassador scene. And he visited the Rebbe, according to this letter. And he wrote to the Rebbe, and he pitched the idea of Mibza Mazodah to the Rebbe a year before the Rebbe announced it. So let's read the letter together. This is written to Mar Shabtai Shalom u'bracha, the Rebbe says. The Rebbe goes, I was pleasantly surprised. When I received your letter, I received your letter from the 30th of Nisan, and I was pleasantly surprised. It had already been a long time since we met, again, proving that the Rebbe did meet this ambassador. At the time he was ambassador, I believe. Um, or maybe he just he just become the ambassador to Geneva when I met him. So I'm not sure what he was doing in New York. But in any case, even more, I was I was even more pleasantly surprised by the content of your letter. In that letter, you write, you write about a plan for a Mibza Mezoza that would look a little bit like the Mibza Tefillin. Like that you have an idea to make a Mibza Mezoza like the Mibza Tefillin that we have. This gives me, this gives me strong hope that as far as your hand reaches, that you are doing, you're spreading totally. spreading Judaism and its values. Specifically in ways that do have a lot to do with the main points of Mezuzah, specifically, they're doing it in public. Because the place of a Mezuzah belongs on the outside of a house where it can be seen in public. Which is the exact opposite of the well-known, I don't know, adage, expression, that a person should be a Jew in their house and not when they're outside their house. And the rabbi has a biting comment on that expression. It says, The outcome of somebody who does this practice, or the outcome of somebody who chooses to be a Jew in their house and not outside of their house, comes quickly. It doesn't take long to see what happens. At the very moment that they make that decision, it tears their soul, I believe, in two different directions, one inside, one outside. And then after a little bit of time, after a little bit of time, we said we'd be a Jew in our home and not outside. We end up treating our home like the outside. The Rebbe says, move on. It is understood. I, <laughs> it is understood that I'm going to think again about the plan for Mivza that mezuzah that you mentioned in your letter. The Rebbe says, I say, I'm going to think about it again. Because a couple years ago, we tried such a thing. We encountered all sorts of unique problems with Mibza Mezuzah that we didn't encounter with the other Mibza. In order to do this Mibza, you can't catch a guy on the street. You got to visit him at home. You have to have a Mezuzah ready. You have to have everything necessary to put up a Mezuzah. You have to have a hammer with you, nails. And in most cases, you also have to convince his family. It's not enough to just convince the person in charge of the house. Everybody's being impacted when you're putting mezuzahs up in their doorways. can call them This does None of this applies by tefillin. No a guy doesn't need permission from his family to put on tefillin. You can catch him on the street. You don't have you don't have to have much with you besides your tefillin. There's no real planning necessary. So the Rebbe says, Debah's giving reasons why it might not work. He says we ran into a lot of issues with mezuzah. So the Rebbe says, up until now, only in unique situations did we make an attempt to put a mezuzah up in addition to our other that, Nonetheless, the Rebbe says, specifically according to Chassidus, that everything is divinely ordained <clears throat> and I've now received a letter from you which raises, this, which, raises, which raises this issue. I see this as a hayra. I see this as me being instructed, says the Rebbe, that I should be looking into this another time. Now, thinking back to our sikha, where the Rebbe says multiple factors were pushing him and he wasn't sure exactly why they were all pushing him in this direction. I think we can very safely say this was at least one of the factors because the Rebbe is saying right here that because of your letter, I'm going to look into this another time. And it's Ashgach HaPratis. I wouldn't have done it otherwise. He says, so, tafke, This is just him finishing up because I don't know if you're still involved in the same tafkid and Shetach that you were involved in when you were in New York, that is the, uh, the ambassador job. So that because I don't know what you're doing as far as ambassadorship goes. The answer is that he was now doing the same thing in Geneva. There's certainly many. There's certainly much interest in what you're able to tell me, or able to reveal the So as much as you can specify, that would be great. And I'm t- giving you my thanks in advance. <clears throat> so what I believe we have from this letter is one of the many factors maybe even one of the main factors that pushed the Rebbe to look at Mivtsa Mezuzah again and decide whether he was going to become involved in it. Just as a sort of a end note to our story, the Rebbe did eventually explain why he chose Mibza Mezuzah, or at least the reasons why Mibza Mezuzah is so compelling as a Mibza. In a sikh of that same year, in Parsha's Kairach, he gave two reasons. One reason he gave was that it says in the Mibza Mezuzah, that uh, it says in the sitter but it's a mimer from the Mibza so it says in the Siddur Imdach, from the Mibza that the mitzvah of mezuzah includes all other mitzvahs. It's kill all other mitzvahs. And the Rebbe says, what this means to him is that it's a segula for keeping all other mitzvahs, that putting a mezuzah on someone's door in addition to being a segula for protecting them is also segula for them keeping more mitzvahs. So it's kind of the gateway mitzvah. That's not the, <laughs> wait a second, that's very funny. The gateway mitzvah, because it goes on your gates. It's, that's, that's, that's brilliant. I didn't even write that down. I should write it down. Okay. And we see, the Rebbe also says in that same sikha that we see from the story of uncleus, that the mezuzah works on your surroundings, outside you and your family, and it works immediately. Uh, I don't have time to do the story of Uncle and all of its glory, but to tell you the short version of it, the story with Uncle Liss and the mezuzah is that Hadrian, his uncle discovered that he'd converted to Judaism. Um, Hadrian was very upset about this and sent an army to arrest him. Uncle Liss sat down and chatted with him. I don't know, he gave them chalet or something. And over a discussion, they all became Jewish. So Hadrian didn't have his army anymore that he sent to arrest him. So he sends a second army. And the second army gets there and he tells this army, don't talk to him, because if he talks to him, he's very convincing, this, this uncle, that he can convince you to become Jewish. So the second army, the second legion shows up and uh, they don't talk to him, but he talks to them. He says to them, I have a question for you. Who carries torches for whom? And he goes through a series. He says, uh, the the senior officer carries torches for, I'm sorry, the younger officers in front of the senior officers. And the basically everybody below carries, the, the 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 governor carries for the king, everybody below you, can't you always carry a torch to light up the way for somebody who's senior to you. He said, don't you think it's kind of cool that in the Midbar, Hashem carried a torch in front of the Yidin. He's a king who chose to carry a torch in front of all of us. That's sort of subversive to the expectations of royalty. And they were so impressed that they converted also. So now Hadrian's out two legions. He sends a third legion. The third one comes and he tells them new rules. You can't talk to him and he can't talk to you. Don't let him say anything. Just, you know, no conversation. Arrest him and get out of there. So uh, Onkelis perceives this when they arrive and he says, I don't want you to go against the command of the king. Certainly don't talk to me. Uh, and I won't talk to you. He puts himself in chains. And on the way out, he kisses his mezuzah on the way out his door, kisses it. And they turn to him and they go, "What? why are you kissing that thing on the door? And he said, don't you think it's kind of interesting that kings need to hide themselves in castles surrounded by armed guards, but God puts himself on the doorway outside because he's not afraid of anything. And they all converted. So this final message that it seems that through mezuzah, you can affect other people in a very serious way. And that this effect works immediately. These people converted on the spot. But Eber thought that, that was a worthwhile mitzvah for that reason too. Later in Bahar B'chukesai, the Rebbe adds one more reason, and that we should be doing mitzvah and, and that is that he says that when you, when Yidden in America put mezuzahs on their doors, it protects the, the Yidn in Eretz Yisrael. Just to finish off with something that I don't believe the Rebbe said, but while I was doing my research, I came across it, uh, and I thought that it was just cool. You should always end on an Indian of Mashiach when possible. It says in the Gemara, Mesech, Megillah, Kaf Teh, that all shuls will eventually travel to Eretz Yisrael. Even when, when once Mashiach comes in uh, in Kedushas Levi in, Kedusha's, in Kedusha's Levi, which is in Levi, it's, like it's in Piskam Kedishin uh, twenty one. He says there that this also includes any home that has a mezuzah on it. So one of the ways that we encourage all of our fellow Yidden to be part of the process that brings Mashiach and to make sure their houses come to Mashiach too is by being involved in Mivzah
1: mezuzah. Okay, that's everything I've got. I just find this letter fascinating. I think, first of all, Mendy, your background is—you know—Stein's also is uh, you know, behind you. It's very nice to see this call on the table. So interesting background. Just wanted to comment on that. Uh, but the other, this, what I really find so interesting in this concept is to maybe look, think of, think about the other mivtzeim. Like we always look at the mivtzeim as the Rebbe's ideas that the Rebbe came up with that had these like very, very Incredibly lofty spiritual things similar to Mitzat And the Rebbe actually con- con- compares it to Mitzat here, which was something that the Rebbe came up with the Six Day War, you know, all this kind of thing. Obviously, very, very divinely inspired and changed the Jewish nation in an incredible way. I mean, Across the board. Today you have you have kids from modern Orthodox high schools going to play basketballs and games and other uh, non-religious high schools and putting on film on, on, on the kids there. And they're not, you know, officially card Khan Chabad members. So Mipsa Tilm has changed the world. So to think that even something like Mifsa Mizzusa, where hundreds of thousands of Missous have been placed on, on, on Jewish doorposts across the world, and yet it seems like it's an idea that came from outside. You know, are there other miftayim that were inspired by 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 others making a request to the rebbe? Whether it's Rambam, yeah, whether it's, the Xayda. huh? The Xayda on four. That's not a mitzvah. That's a Xayda. It Was also inspired. by the a reason why it's called. There's a reason why it's called Xayda and not the Hira.